East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, and welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. I'm Lydia. And I'm Leslie. We're four sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Each week, Leslie will give her reaction to the true crime and paranormal stories that Lorraine and I tell from up and down the East Coast. As a reminder, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all for informative purposes. Hello. <laughs> we have returned to the place where our sister has lived. Yeah, I love you. Welcome back, Lydia. <laughs> what was that intro? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just let her go with it because I was like, I want to see where this goes. Welcome to episode 66. Good day. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good night. Good afternoon. Whatever time of day it is for you that you are now listening. Second breakfast. Good drive to work. Mm? Good drive home from work. I listen at work. Good. Good day at work. Hopefully your shift doesn't suck ass. That's not nice. That was for beep. Oh shit! I said his name again. Don't do like that. we know who beep. It is. Oh we oh. The crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? Lydia. Oh, that's me. She's back. I don't know if you could tell. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> With a vengeance, apparently. Yeah. Yes. I don't like being in front of the map anymore. This time, I'm shooting every five minutes on the dot. This is now Saw. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Would you like to play a game? Mm, you don't have a choice. Let's... <laughs> wait, who is this? This is you? Yeah. <laughs> Mm, you give me southern energy. Mm, nothing happens in North Carolina. Everything happens in North Carolina. Oh, no. true crime, cryptid. No, true no, no, crime. no. True crime. She, she, does true crime she can't do spooky things. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I just maybe she was butchering it. Mm-mm. Welcome to Maine. <laughs> you just said I give you South vibes, and then you went to Maine. No. No. Oh, Goddamn. Was it Georgia? No. That was going to be my second guess. If it was paranormal-ish, I would say Georgia. You got to figure it out. Keep on shooting. Oh, I got to keep going? Mm Mm-hmm. You got six bullets. She don't listen to our podcast. Nope. I'm way behind. Let's see. Who was that? That came out from the depths of her throat. Okay. (laughs) My throat. (laughs) Virginia. Ah, no. How many states are you, there? You <laughs> well, there's 13 original colonies, plus one, two, three. What? We don't talk to her. 13? <laughs> one, two, th- Original th- colonies. I know. One, Just two, Just go. Shoot okay. okay, 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 Pennsylvania. Oh, no, I did Maryland. There's 16. Continue. Florida. Ah! <laughs> yes, it's Florida. Ah! And the best part was the only state that has been in my head. I was like, Florida, Florida, Florida. Florida felt really obvious. Mm-hmm. I was gravitating towards Georgia. I feel like I haven't done the Florida one in a long time. Oh, Since I don't know. the last time she was here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when the fuck I was think? the last time she was here? Lisa. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Lisa N- Novak? Nowak. No. That was, Lisa yeah. Because we recorded Ray the Rivera lady. the same day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Astro. And he said, whoop! 
<laughs> that's what Lydia did. It goddamn flip flop. Swoop. <laughs> that's like my favorite part of that episode. That and when I'm like sweet and pungent, and Leslie's like, oh god. <laughs> so gross. Okay, we're going to Florida. Mm-hmm. It's all Linda. Oh, yes. Welcome to episode sixty-six. Seven. Seven. Six. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. I told you, you asked us, and I said 66. I wasn't actually paying attention. Oh, oh Jesus. I wrote it down on here, though. Continue. Okay. Today, we're going to talk about a man called Gerard John Schaefer Jr. Jesus, what is up with this woman in, like, 20 names? Gerard, what? John. John. John Schaefer. Schaefer. Junior. There's an E in there. S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R Jr. I was like, I definitely put an E. There's a lot of E's. He was born March 26th, 1946 at Nina, Wisconsin. Aries. To a Doris and Gerard Schaefer Sr. Okay, that tracks. Mm -hmm. He is the oldest of three. He has one brother and one sister. His dad was a salesman and traveled for work, and he was also an alcoholic. And his mom, they said it, she was a homemaker, but they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she stayed at home. Makes sense for the time. Yeah. Wait, what year are we in? 40s. 40s. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, as far as his childhood goes, it says that his dad was verbally abusive and was also said to favor the daughter. That tracks. They eventually moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Gerard was sent to Marist Academy, which was kind of like a Catholic school. They did have nuns and all that stuff, but it said it was something else. I didn't feel like writing it down because I knew I couldn't pronounce it, so I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) A seminary? No, it wasn't that. A disciplinary school? No, they didn't say that either. I'll find it later. It's whatever. Oh, what was that one word she couldn't say? Reformatory. No, it wasn't that one either. Mm. That one I would know. That one I would keep in here and they'd be like, it's... <laughs> but it wasn't that either. <laughs> so all these things are going on in his younger years, right? Well, I oh my God. <laughs> yeah. so he's going through all of this abuse. He feels like his dad doesn't love him. Wait, what, what abuse? Verbal abuse. And verbal. Okay. I was like, I ain't hearing about nobody getting smacked with a spoon. Yeah, no. It just said that his dad was very verbally abusive okay. and uh, and an alcoholic. And yeah, an so alcoholic. so yeah. So at age twelve, Gerard had discovered women's underwear. Oh Jesus, Mary and um, Joseph. That is also when I discovered underwear. <laughs> <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> um, I discovered it. I didn't mean I use it. <laughs> At this time, with the women's underwear, he would actually start masturbating while he was wearing them. What? And, yeah, so at age 12, yeah, he was like, yeah, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. (laughs) He was wearing it. He was wearing the women's underwear. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, around the same time, so around age 12, he got into masochistic bondage where he would go out into the forest, tie himself to a tree, struggle to get himself free, and this would actually sexually excite him. And then afterwards, he would then do things to harm himself. So yeah. he would then get into self-harm. B-E-K did that. Not B-E-K. Yeah. 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 Wait. No. B-E-K. B-E-K. B B T B T K. Yeah, there. Why am I saying E? Because I'm thinking of black eyed children. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. not even a K. Kids. Yeah, B E K is black eyed kids. Uh, but you said children. Yeah, you said children. I, so well, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth right now. Mm-hmm. Huh? He was a murderer. Did we talk about him yet? No. B-T-K? No. No. Because he's the other coast. He's. Oh, I don't. Okay. In the mids. I don't know. What, I don't, I don't know. But he used to do that. <laughs> okay. There's Con- so much going on right now. Congrats to him. I thought BTK no, would... No, no, no. He's a dumbass. Anyway. The- Is he still alive? Uh, uh, why does it matter? And listening to this podcast. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what? He's still alive? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know who it is. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, and I told you he was mid- He's Kansas. Imagine telling BTK, you're mid. (laughs) (laughs) You Um, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So he fantasized a lot about hurting others, but mostly women. And he got himself so far into the bondage world that he couldn't decipher fact from fantasy. So he didn't know. This is all at the age of 12. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's just how he realized. And again, like they're they're saying that because of the way his dad was towards him. But I don't know. So. But you just said it was just verbal abuse. Yeah. I know. But he's also an alcoholic. Like you yelled at me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, exactly. trying, I'm still yeah. trying to figure out where all this all stemming from, but I ain't no psychiatrist. Well, in 1960, his family moved to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> I almost started. I wanted to sing Boondocks, but it was going to come out. Boondocks. I heard umbop in the store the other day. Um, At age 14, Gerard meets a girl named Cindy, and they ended up dating for three years. They were in a sexual relationship, and it was said that Cindy would only perform sexually if it was in scripted roles. So she demanded Gerard to tear off her clothes and pretend to rape her whenever they would have sex. So this makes sense, considering his thing and his, like, bondage, and then she's in the scenes. So now we have the BDSM complete. Ta-da. Yeah. In 19- I'm scared for these children. They're like, tw- what? 14? 14? Yeah. From 14 through 17, they're doing this. Okay, well, 17, but, but 14. What? That's where I am on this. Uh, in 1964, Cindy breaks up with Gerard. <gasps> so there were things that said that she said that she no longer wanted to do this like she told him like i don't want to do this anymore 
But then there were other accounts saying that he told her, I don't feel like doing this. Like, it's just not working for him kind of thing. I guess it was just getting the same thing every single time. And so she was like, well, if you're not going to do it anymore, I'm going to break up with you. Just spice up the scenes. Dude, I don't know. Okay. Change their narrative. They're they're kids. You got drama class. You know how to change the scene. Oh, my God. How do you know what classes they're in? Bitch, I don't know. Everybody knows. You don't. Everybody knows what a play is. Someone died in my hallway. (laughs) It was probably. It was was your dog. It was her little and the dog. Uh Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my God. That's what they sound like. Oh, no. Those little shitheads are throwing his toy. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, continue. That's why I said it. Let's go. The same day that they break up, Gerard decides to go back out into the woods and to play the bondage games that he used to play. So he actually did not do any of those bondage things while he was with Cindy because he was fulfilling that being with her and doing all Mm -hmm. of these, I guess, roles or whatever. Scenes. She was consensual. It was consensual non-consent. Yeah, consensual rape. Yes. (laughs) That's not what this is. Yes, no, I understand. Continue. So in his sophomore and junior year of high school, it said that he was on the football team, but no other extracurricular activities. His classmates did end up saying that he was a loner, a weirdo. He was mostly out of it. And that there were a lot of times that he would actually practically stand on his head in order to see up a girl's skirt, girl's skirt while at school. So that he would be leaning so far over to look up a girl's skirt that they, they like you couldn't not notice him doing. All oh, these I thought like he was doing. I thought he was doing like a handstand hand in the well, hallway. They, they were saying that they said that it was like, practically what? like that. Oh, that he would just be going like. In order to see up a girl's chair. She won't fall off the chair. So going back to the school that he's in, it's actually said that a lot of times he would end up questioning the religious teachings and that he wrote an essay scientifically challenging the virgin birth of Jesus. Again, during this time where they said he was a loner and a weirdo, he preferred solitary activities like hunting in the Everglades and he would kill swamp. He would kill things. What? How did they put it? Like things that couldn't be eaten or anything like that. So like songbirds and land crabs, something that you normally wouldn't go after. He would also shoot cows and he would go around beheading animals with a machete and then sodomizing them. What oh, the shit. fuck? Okay. I was okay with him taking the heads off. I was what? up and... What? <laughs> up until the cows. No. Why? Yo, you shoot a cow, you just get the part that doesn't have the freaking bullet shit in it, and you eat a hamburger. What? I mean, yes, but he's doing it. He's doing uh, it without any reason I, for I, doing I, I, it. Like, he's just doing it to do it and be done with it. They're not his okay, cows. Don't, okay, don't come at me because I said that. <laughs> I was just it's saying, too late. It was, no, like, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> She's so fucking tired. You can see it in her tiny uh, eyes. Um, again, at this time, so what did I say? His sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. Football. He was also a peeping Tom. And one of his neighbors that he was actually a friend with named Lee was a victim of this. He said he explained that He explained later on that the women he watched, quote unquote, knew he was there and they were actually taunting him. 
so that when they were undressing, getting ready to go to sleep at night, that, oh, they knew I was there. And they were doing this to taunt me. So he put women in two categories. You were either a whore or a virgin. And so the women that he would watch, he would call them sluts and whores because they let him watch them. I feel like this is reminding me of a movie. Why are you giggling? Me? No. I'm looking at you because you're straight ahead of me. I'm like, what? I haven't said a word. (laughs) I haven't made a sound. So in the spring of 1964, uh, Gerard meets a girl named Sandy at a school dance. She said that he was a dazzling young stranger that Mm. swept her off her feet. It was her first lover, and he had impeccable manners. Well, guess what? You let him look at you. You ain't clean no more. Oh, my God. What? That's what he said. But they're dating. It's different. They're together. That's not different. She was a virgin in his eyes. Yeah. We better not touch her. No, that's not the same thing. They're lovers. (laughs) So they start dating. And he takes her out on excursions to the Everglades where he teaches her how to hunt. Oh, no. Apparently, he thinks that it's funny because she is uncomfortable with it and can't, like, bring herself to shoot the animal. So he's just like, Like, he's Leslie. "Mm," Basically. I was fine until he, like, "Mm." (laughs) I wouldn't shoot anything, though. You just chop the head off. No. (laughs) I would not kill an animal. But I kill a person. (laughs) Fish are friends, not food. Mm? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, in June of 1964, Gerard ends up graduating and becomes a part of Sandy's family to the point like where they're hanging out a lot. They're doing things together. I believe they're going on trips together and they find him to be a decent fellow. What? Ha. Mm. Oh, okay. He's really good at masking? Yes. But like everybody else is like, he's a weirdo. He's a loner. Yeah. But then like. She didn't know him. He met her at a dance. At the school dance, though. Yeah. But then it's also like, I was weird. I don't know. He just put on a really good front for the family. That's what I can assume. He was comfortable with them. Okay. (laughs) That's like not comparing my husband to a serial killer. But my husband, (laughs) he's a very quiet person. But like, he loves going over to my parents' house. And I'm like... You sure? He's like, yeah, I like it now. Because he's like, rah, 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 whenever he goes over. And I'm like, oh, Lord. You sure about that? Yeah. Trust me. He he would go over without me. Because you guys leave pretty freaking quick. That's me. No. Yeah, That's the both of you. No, it's me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Quarantine really messed me up. Like, loud situations. I really fast. That's kind of funny coming from a person who is loud. Yeah. No, <laughs> not at home. When it's just me and him, I just read all day. Okay. So in 1966, he decides to seek therapy. At the same time, he looks into the priesthood. Wait, but he's still with her face. Yeah. Is he, he looks, Catholic? Uh, she said nuns. Yeah, I think yeah. the school is. It was like a Catholic school. Yeah, it was like type. a Catholic school. I Like I said, I couldn't remember what it was actually called, but it was like okay. a Catholic school. Yeah. 
So he looks into the priesthood, but is rejected by St. John's Seminary, stating that he did not have enough faith. He didn't like that. Well, yeah. Didn't he write the freaking essay challenging? Yeah. So, okay. It's not only that to he's, him, okay? He's not a virgin. Not he was masking himself to himself. Correct. Basically. Correct. Can we get um, her to say that? Hmm? Nothing. In hmm? September 1966, okay, so this is going to kind of be like weird, random things going to be thrown in here, but obviously you're going to get it because this is a true crime podcast, but we're just going to throw these things in there. September 1966, two women vanished from a picnic at the National Forest. Oh, Lord. Their names are Nancy and Pamela. Nancy is 21 and Pamela is 20. September 1969, Gerard's parents end up divorcing and he returns to, or he ends up going to... Hmm. Tiny Soda? No. At some point, he ends up going to university. But anyway, Minnesota. so... Minnesota? He was from I Wisconsin. I thought he was from Wisconsin. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Whatever, one of those states. September 1969, he ends up returning to Florida Atlantic University. When he first got there, clearly I didn't write it down, but he was in there somewhere. Hmm. Probably (laughs) after he graduated. (laughs) September 8th, Lee's husband, which was his former neighbor, comes home to a note saying that she was leaving him and going to Miami. Okay. I know this is going to be weird. It's a lot of random shit thrown in there, but you will eventually understand. You shut up. I have a question. No, not yet. <laughs> what? What do you want? Ah! <laughs> Lee's husband. Yeah. So this is later on. Obviously, Lee is the next the door neighbor Lee from is... before where she was like, oh, he's watching. Mm-hmm. They were friends at one time, and it was said in some some accounts that they had actually played tennis together while they lived in the same neighborhood. Okay. So they were... Acquaintances. Yes. I think the time jump is what threw me off. Because it was like, he was in college. And then it was like, Lee's husband. Okay. I definitely said he graduated. No, I know. But I'm just like, okay. I said he graduated. There was no time. Are they still in the same neighborhood? Yeah. Okay. I never said he moved. Well, Lee's husband. I said he went to FAU. They got divorced. I don't know. The parents got divorced. He went home. Well, no, I know. But I'm saying, like, just because he's in the same neighborhood doesn't mean Lee still lives in the old house that she lived in when she was in high school when he was peeping Tomming. She's got a husband now. True. She's in the same area. That's what I was confused. So Lee had a toxic relationship with her husband and there were different points of time where things were brought up like Lee had talked to her husband about a neighbor who worked with the FBI and had a job opportunity providing $20,000 a year the husband said that it was bullshit and laughed at her said that that there's no way possible you could have that kind of opportunity you're not doing it shut up Um, excuse me yeah so that's what her husband told her so then after they had that talk slash fight he ends up have, finding the note at home saying that she was leaving him and going to Miami. So he was just... He was a jerk. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, the note probably... Like, he wasn't, like, worried. Yeah, no, he, he was wasn't. just like, oh, she left me. Yeah. Okay. What he, like, left him, left him? Like, I'm going to file for a divorce eventually? Yeah, probably. Or yeah, well, I'm I mean, that's the gist of vacation. the... No, like, she was leaving him. Okay. Or did that he kill was, her? Well, Bitch, I wouldn't have even put that. I would have just put, bye. Yeah. I know. I ain't even gonna leave a note. Just 
go anyway well i don't know but her car was eventually found abandoned in a fort lauderdale parking lot doesn't say what one it just says a fort lauderdale parking lot lee's brother ends up calling gerard and gerard because knowing that like they had conversations and stuff like that Gerard says that Lee had called him asking for a ride to the airport to leave for Cincinnati. He stayed, she had told, so Lee had told Gerard that she was leaving her husband and that she would call him with more information about the plane flight, like the plane ticket and everything. Gerard ends up telling Lee's brother that she had never called him back to confirm departure time, so he never took her to the airport. They thought this was a weird story. Yeah, that was just saying. Mm-hmm. They were like, that's a bit over the top. That's a lot mm-hmm. of description to give, but okay. You got to cover up your tracks. You got to give all the details that didn't happen. Yeah. Then, October 6th, Charles, which is Lee's husband, ends up filing for divorce. And the petition is granted on March 10th, 1970. I know that was a jump. But I just wanted to let you guys know that he was granted the divorce. Okay. This with her just though, missing? Yeah, with her just missing. Okay. Because she had been ended up been missing for so long, I guess they were like waiting to find her. She did leave a note saying that she was leaving him anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that at that point they were just like, was well. Was there a note in her handwriting? Did they ever confirm that? I don't think so. Okay. This ain't no H.H. H. Holmes. Remember how he was married to that lady mm-hmm. forever? Right. Poor Clara. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, during his studies at FAU, he decided to be, or he went and was a student teacher for Stranahan High School and Plantation High School. On November 11th, 1969, the supervisor of one of the schools, Richard, removed him from his student teaching position to to due to improper teaching skills. He imposed his own religious and political views on the kids he was teaching. So instead of allowing them to go through the books, he was like, no, this is how I feel and this is how you won't feel too. Suckers. Okay. Yeah, that happened. Hmm? 69. Apparently he got married too. I did not write that down. Married to Cindy. Cindy? Cindy. Cindy came back? Who was that? Sandy. He ended up getting married to Sandy. Sandy was Sandy's the, the second one. one. Sandy's the yeah. second one, yeah. Okay. That he met at the dance. Well, I don't know how yeah. their marriage time down. I don't know. I thought I had this shit straight. Apparently, I don't. Anyway. I love um, her episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that apparently I say, don't quote me on that a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't yes. know. Quote me on that for this information. <laughs> That's you. And, then, and that one's... Uh, we're getting there. <laughs> hey, at least I give you like I give I give at you information. this precise millisecond. This bullshit. No, you wait. don't. We had to ask a lot of questions last time. Last time you were you like, mean, I'm dyslexic. Ooh, I that's because I got so. Angry. How are you gonna have me? The, look, the court records. 1933. Were, were yeah, they were horrible. I'll show you my shit. Just go, go, go. You didn't even tell us it was the summer. We had to ask why it was cold outside in July. <laughs> yep. I did tell you it was the summer. December. Oh, I thought you said the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Whoa. Where did that go? Whoa. What a yeah. Hold. So 
he was removed from the he was removed from student teaching and then he ended up withdrawing from FAU due to marital problems because of all of these things mm. happening. He later told therapists that he was barred from teaching because they only wanted black people. That's what he told his therapist. Okay. So that's why he supposedly withdrew and that he lost his student teaching position. Okay. Okay. So this is like, what, 70 some now? Uh, This is 69, November 11th, 1969. Okay. So then, again, we're doing a little weird thing. December 18th, 1969. A lady named Carmen Hollock has lunch with her sister. She tells her sister that she's having a meeting later that day with a teacher and says that he is an undercover CIA that is that has a teaching job for her. So it is an undercover CIA huh? job teaching. Mm-hmm. Bitch, that ain't real. Sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. what undercover agent is going to tell you they're an undercover agent? Just I will tell saying. you, Gerard. <laughs> yeah. No. He, tells- he told the same story to Lee. That's why she left for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati. She was supposed to go to Miami. I know. Mm-hmm. She changed her mind. Right? Again, since in Miami. (laughs) She just misunderstood. That's all it was. She went to the wrong place. So Carmen was told that this job deals with international travel and gets great money. Mm -hmm. She has a lunch with her sister. I believe the next day she ends up missing work. So this is December 18th. When the family ends up not seeing her on Christmas, they decide to check her apartment. They, when they enter her apartment, because they do end up having a key for it, the tub was filled with water and her dog had been left unfed. Okay. Was the tub leaking? No. Like oh, the it was tub, just the full. tub was Like a bath. Full of, yeah, like, like a bath. Drew, yeah, running. Okay. yeah. That poor dog. Uh, I was just, I was scared the dog was going to be in the pool of water. He's probably, probably drinking drink the water, it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the as family ends up that... never hearing from Carmen. Again. Yeah. Um, seven days is a lot of days. Yeah. To not hear from someone, to then finally be like, maybe I should go check that out. Yeah. Especially of them not showing up at work. Yeah. yeah. I I'm guessing that the that work never said anything to the family. And I'm not 100% sure if the family lived close enough by that it was, like, right around the corner, like, hey, she visits all the time, but they knew that mm-hmm. she was coming for Christmas. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. the sister was near enough, but they had just had lunch together, so. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. But the We need a cold it- word that we just need to text all of each other every day that's, like, I'm alive, I'm good, I haven't been kidnapped. Kind of. Cold. We're not talking about, bitch, we ain't talking <laughs> about it on air. Oh, damn. <laughs> It's not pineapples, you guys. I'll think of it. March 1970. Schaefer decides to petition with FAU to alter his records. FAU ends up going with his petition and changes his withdrawal to an incomplete where then he can resume schooling with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hold the fuck up. I'm sorry. Can we bleep that out? Beep. Which part? Somewhere in here, he meets a Martha. The fuck is he married? Yeah, but I thought it was to Sandy. Where the heck did Martha go? Where did my... I don't have my written stuff, so I really can't do this right now. It was all written down. 
But if, oh, hold on. Control F is fine. Hold up. No. My notepad is gone. Remember how I used to have my sticky note in the corner with all my fucking shit in it? It's gone. <laughs> Y'all are having way too much technology <laughs> issues. <laughs> oh, it's back. It's back. It's back. It kicked out. Back again. I just had to click on Her the app and it's back. Tell a friend. Apparently, he marries Martha in December 1968. So there's that. So it was not Sandy. So they that's were, who he married, not Sandy. They, they, Sandy and him break up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I like how you just made that happen. <laughs> um, you were like, broke um, up sometimes. yeah, like, get with it. Got it happened. It's done. It's over. That was so five years ago. Yeah. So Sandy and him broke up at some point in time, and then he ends up meeting Martha. Martha goes to school with him. They're at college together at university. Yeah. At uni, they met and fell He began in studying in 1968 God. at FAU. So there you guys go. I found it for you. I told you I found Jesus it for you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> don't quote her on this. <laughs> no, I saw, I saw it right now. I found it. Okay, don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe yeah, no. started school at FS, FSU? FAU. FAU. It's 68. I already forgot what that means, but I know it's Florida Atlantic University. I don't know. Change the A to whatever you want. Animal. Whatever you want. <laughs> don't quote her on that. <laughs> yeah, Atlantic says it right here. Mm. God damn, I'm good. <laughs> After a whole detour, gets one thing right. Yeah, so he ends up marrying Martha in, I said 1968, right? Yes. That's when, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that when you no. said he married Sandy. 1968 was when he started they, yeah, college. They started college. They met in college. They were there. And then he was like, we're going to get married. So then May 2nd, 1970. That's why I got also confused. Because May 2nd, 1970, Martha files for divorce. And the reason is for extreme cruelty. Okay. I believe that Gerard says that uh, she's cheating on him. But anyway, don't they always do that? Yes. Mm. I literally mm. every he time can't handle the truth. Okay. Every time <laughs> Linda's got some murderer and they're like, yeah, he says she cheated. So they got a divorce. And it's just like, but he was crazy. He was crazy. Martha May Julier over here <laughs> said bye. Yeah. So that didn't last long, but they get a divorce. And Schaefer is like, well, since she done left me and everything like that. So, obviously, wait, let's back it up really quick. <laughs> <laughs> because clearly he wasn't having marital problems with Sandy. He was having marital problems with Martha. Oh, my God. It's like a revelation just happened. Um, a revelation. So oh, my God. <laughs> so, let's just insert Martha's name into anything that happened while he was at university. (laughs) (laughs) Problem, problem, problem. Oh, my God. Um, So because of Martha filing for the divorce, Schaefer ends up leaving on a month's vacation, and he decides to go around Europe and North Africa. But was he really in Europe and North Africa? 100%. I don't believe it for shit. I'm telling you. All of a sudden, you know, 100%. (laughs) Yes! I'm telling you, I got in here. <laughs> it's fat. Ooh, hanging out with Linda 
ideas like reading creepy pastas in Reddit. <laughs> What's that? A creepy pasta is where I got my Russian sleep experiment from. The things you don't like. I hate that episode. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh, Reddit. That's Reddit. It's London and her flat earthers. Ooh. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to talk to any mm-hmm. of you. Any of we you. had each other in a very, very, very deep hole. We're not talking about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was like now, at least at least a week long. The lasers. We were like, mm. no lasers. Mm. The lasers that were causing the um, the wildfires, wildfires in oh, California. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. Jesus that. Christ, that Did was you guys loud. Talk about the birds? Huh? What birds? The robot birds. Oh my god! Did we talk about the robot birds? No, we were. No, uh, stop it! Stop it! Stop! I don't think so. Your ears crooked as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, their ears. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. she got them at moonrise. She got them at moonrise. Oh, sorry. I'll twist it this way so you can see it better. She's listening. Bitch, she's sucking her antenna. I thought she took her hair up and just went. Yeah. I don't have my glasses on, so I can't really. Okay, continue, Martha. Europe, North Africa. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Travel papers. So then, he comes back, right? Right. Does he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he had to. It was only a month. Why? I said he was only gone a month. Why? And, oh, mm-hmm. did you say why? Just. Because he, <laughs> <laughs> he had to. October 1970, he starts working for a sec- as a security guard to oh. pay for his tuition for school. And he ends up meeting a lady named Teresa, who was a secretary for the place that he worked. He's like the 1970s version of H.H. Holmes. Just saying. He's just not doing insurance fraud. He ain't yet. killing them. And Ponzi schemes. Yeah, not yet. Mm. It's just like he just keeps meeting these women. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get this random ass job. Ooh, look at this lady. Mm-hmm. She loves me. That was October. Mm-hmm. Okay. December 29th, 1970. Two girls vanish from Papan- Papano beach florida p a p p p p she beach two girls papano papoy papoy i ain't trying anymore peggy was 9 and wendy was 8 a clerk and a in a store nearby ends up identifying the girls from photos as Peggy and Wendy. So there was a clerk. They went in. She says, yeah, they were here and said that a man had bought them ice cream. The clerk describes the guy as a white male in his 20s, about six foot and 200 pounds. Didn't you say two ladies went missing? Earlier. Okay. Because I was like, hold up. This Nine is December and- 29th, 1970. I said two girls vanished. Okay. this beach in Florida. The two women were in 1966. That was totally like four years before this happened. Oh, God. That's okay. why I said I'm going to give random information and you will understand later. I hope someone's following along. <laughs> Lord, it ain't me. I got a timeline. You got something. A timeline, timeline travesty. That's what's happening. This no, is no, the no. real travesty. <laughs> that was a timeline. That was a couple days ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. That's in a couple days. It's yeah. in a couple days, yeah. Mm-hmm. My bad. Um, August 1971, Gerard graduates from FAU with a bachelor's in geography, and he ends up marrying Teresa. September 3rd, 1971, he gets hired at Walton Manor's 
police department because... Oh, my God. He couldn't get a job as a priest or a teacher. Just saying. Oh, so, away with everything he, now. Like, internally shutting down right now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Jesus. He ends up attending Brower Community College so he can go through the police academy. And on December 17th, 1971, he ends up graduating from the police academy at the age of 25. Oh. Oh, my God. All of this by the age of 25. Yeah, I mean, by 12, he was out in the woods True. wrapping himself up in rope. True. <laughs> on a tree. Wearing ladies' underwear. Oh, Jesus. Yep. Oh, so then, it's high in here. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> January 5th. 1972, a lady by the name of Belinda Hudgens goes missing. Her husband says that she had a friend in the CIA. That, huh? Nothing. That he and their daughter, so the husband and the daughter of Belinda, watch Belinda get into a blue Datsun sedan. And it is, and he said that she was a prostitute and that in the in the community itself, she was known to flaunt her extramarital affairs. Well, around the same time, the chief of the police department has had enough with Schaefer. Oh, really? It says that he ends up doing a lot of stuff. Again, we'll get into that in a little bit. But he he gets into a lot of stuff that's just really pissing off the chief of the police department. And so... He decides that he wants to have a talk with Schaefer, but on March 16th, 1972, Schaefer ends up saving his job because there was a drug, a huge drug bust that he was a part of, and he ends up winning accommodations for the drug bust. So for the time being, he's chill. Yeah. Hmm. April 19th, 1972, 1972, Scott, which is Schaefer's chief, ends up having a talk with Schaefer regarding the issues that others within the police department were having with him. A lot of his co-workers, I guess you want to call them, I don't know, said that he was badge happy, that he wrote a surplus of traffic tickets, and that a lot of times he would end up pulling over females like for for the traffic tickets saying that they were speeding and everything like that and then when he would pull them over he would end up asking them on dates he'd be like hey i pulled you over you're targeted traffic stops basically yeah and then he would say but you know instead of this would you go out on a date with me sounds like privileged white male to me in the 70s with a badge Mm -hmm. just run them over they ain't got cameras (sighs) so then on april 20th his scared even though the chief has had a talk with him. So April 19th, they had the talk. The next day, the chief ends up finding out that Schaefer had applied to another police department. And the chief ends up firing him on the spot. Hold up. When did that tattoo happen? Oh, this bitch is so far <laughs> Maybe you should whip your teeth out. How long have I been with you? Girl, it's been, <laughs> that's been at least. You're months. literally right across from me this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there since uh, May. April. 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 I got it finished in May. Kind of Linda helped me do the one on my foot in my dining room. Ankle. Yeah. That's my ankle on the top of my foot. <laughs> okay. Uh, when he was fired, hmm. he ended up finding out that he also had failed the Brower Police Department, which is the other department that he had uh, 
put in an application for it. He failed their psych evaluation. Oh, really? Are we surprised? Nope. Kind and of. Then he got through he, the first one, though. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm kind of surprised because normally people like him are really good at manipulating those kinds of tests. He was going through a lot. I know. <laughs> the marital issues to somebody that he was not married to. <laughs> she ain't Maybe. even in his life. <laughs> Schaefer then ends up applying to different police departments, and when they would call in into what the guy what the hell, for Scott a recommendation, yeah, the yeah when they would call in, he would end up giving poor reviews, and the chief had actually said on numerous occasions, "I would rather put on a uniform and do foot patrol myself before hiring him back." <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know the thing is though, technically they're not allowed to say that. When they call like, you, when no, when you're in, like in the 1970s. Oh, uh, I don't know. They don't for give police, a shit. just in general. If they're call, okay, never mind. I don't give a shit. If I'm calling somebody and say, "Would you hire this person?" Yes or no? Are you supposed to lie and say yes? So like right now, yeah, they can't ask you that question. So when when you apply for a job and they're like, "Can we contact your previous employer mm-hmm. or your current employer?" The only question they can ask is do they work here have they worked ha- there? yeah have they worked there or do they work there and you can only say yes they cannot indicate in any way to sway their opinion of you i'll sway people's opinion i'll be like i guess so she worked here i don't know about it anymore <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me not soon enough <laughs> i'd have been like she worked here i didn't see her <laughs> Did mm. she? she may have been that lady sleeping on the bench yeah <laughs> june 30th 1972 schaefer ends up getting hired by the martin county police department because he got a dazzling letter of recommendation from chief scott he Mm, forged forged it just like the letter from lee (laughs) except this one was a little bit more complicated (laughs) it was a forgery Nazis in Miami. On July 22nd, 1972, Schaefer calls the chief of Martin County Police Department and tells him, quote, I've done something foolish. You're going to be mad at me. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. Now, all these years later, he's going to bust himself. Oh, I can't. On the phone, he explains to the chief that he had seen two ladies. He had seen two ladies a few days prior hitchhiking and wanted to teach them a lesson so he ends up taking them to the woods handcuffing them and tying them to a tree and leaving them the chief then orders schaefer to come back to the police department and goes out looking for the girls paula who is 18 and nancy who is 17 i thought nancy was 21 and paula was 20 no these are the girls that he just picked up right now and they're really eight oh wait fuck I thought that was Peggy. That was Peggy and Wendy. Sue. No, there's one called Sue and one called Nancy. This man's got too much going on. I'm telling you. He he was married to Teresa. No. Okay, well, <laughs> Sue. Probably Nancy, too. Sue and Nancy. One was found by a truck driver and driven back to the police station, and the chief ends up finding another and taking her back to the police station. For shit's sake, man. They end up telling the chief that Schaefer tied a noose to their neck made them balance on a slippery log and tortured them. He eventually told them that he would come back and they were going to have to decide decide which one of them is going to die. What the fuck? They identified him? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, they didn't have blindfolds on or anything. He was like sitting there talking to them, and because he had picked them, was he, he still wearing his suit? His uniform. So, his uniform? uniform. Yes, yes. We'll we'll get there in a minute. But he ends up so the chief ends up firing Schaefer on the spot and arrest him immediately afterwards for abduction and aggravated assault. Yeah, I was gonna because say- he had no priors and had a clean record. He was released on bail and was given four months while awaiting his trial. Fuck what that. the fuck? Mm. Fuck the patriarchy. Mm. On November 1972, he goes to trial for assault. He uh, he is able to strike a plea deal and does six months in county jail. He got he is then given a bail extension to move his wife to his mom's house. Or he asked for a bail extension. The judge grants it. So he can sort out his home life. Not the marital issues again. <laughs> this is stupid. Okay. okay. On April first, nineteen seventy-three, in Saint Lucie County, Florida. Two men find decomposed remains of two young women. The bodies are hacked, they are left in a shallow grave, and wildlife had fed on the remains. Detectives couldn't tell that because of how mauled the bodies were and decomposed, they could not actually tell the death date or how long the remains had been there. Jeez. Sounds like Florida. The evidence that was at the scene, the hands were bound by rags, there were stab marks on the bones, and the and a tree Fuck. nearby had impressions of thick ropes. Dental records end up confirming the identities of the missing females, which is Susan, who was 17, and Georgia, who was 18. The parents of the girls were questioned, and Susan's mom said they were last seen six months prior. Holy shit. The mom states that they had been picked up by a guy in his 20, 20s named Jerry Shepard. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so slightly off, but exactly the same. My name is Lorelai. Gilmore? No. That's what I thought when she said it, too. (laughs) The moms of the girls decide to do their own little investigation, and one of the moms goes through the personal items in the bedroom of the girl and ends up finding a letter with an address on it that end up saying return to sender (gasps) the mom goes to the address and they're like knocking on the door trying to get the person but nobody answers the landlord comes out and talks to the moms and said there's no tenant there by the name jerry shepherd but the landlord does let them know that the person who lived in the i believe it was an apartment was actually named gerard schaefer (laughs) And that he doesn't live there anymore because he is doing time for molestation. Bish is in jail. Yeah. Mm. So they end up, the moms end up telling the police or giving the police this information, and the police find the similarities in the case. The difference, the only difference is in the one, obviously, because the bodies or whatever, but the difference is that the girls that he was doing time for had ended up living. Yeah. Only reason he was caught. Yeah. And the police say that they needed hard evidence to show that he was the assailant in the deaths. Mm-hmm. Let's get a handwriting. Thank you. Bam. <laughs> Let's analyze this, Mr. 
Shepherd? Schaefer? <laughs> Sharp cheddar? <laughs> um, these police officers end up talking to Teresa, which is Schaefer's now wife. Like wife. No, no, no. Teresa. He didn't I thought, get Martha. He, I thought when he was go, like he extended his bail period or whatever so he could situate shit at home with move her to his mom's house not divorce yeah so the police talk to teresa which is schaefer's wife and she tells the police that schaefer gave her a suede purse (laughs) and that she realized after the bodies had been found that he had called her and told her to get rid of it but she got like an icky feeling and decided not to they give the mm. she get ends up turning over the bag and the bag is confirmed to be Georgia's, which her parents had given to her as a birthday present that year. <gasps> Boom, bitch! Fucking give me someone's shit as a birthday present. I'll yep. give it to the cops. Where did that? Somebody's. When you get it, you don't. Or a birthday present. It's got some bad juju on it. All that energy from him stealing that from a girl he just murdered. Please. That's why she kept it. I know. That's why I said bad energy. (sighs) Mm, Okay. Hmm. I just buy my own shit. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just not be put in this situation in the first place. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna need one of you to tell Jonathan while he sits in here all day. So, <laughs> who's got the time? Fen. <laughs> Just put some cameras up. That's what I was gonna say. GoPro on his head. But bam. Oh, on Fen's or Jonathan's? <laughs> on Fen. You know how dumb that thing would look as many times that tarred bucket flips over it's on the, the same thing. thing. Whatever. He like flips onto his back and holds his bone, and he's like this, and then he like slightly opens his paws and it slides into his throat and you just hear because he's choking himself oh my god (laughs) and i just look at him and he flips over and he's like that's definitely your kid okay so the mom ends up recounting that on september 27th 1974 that schaefer had picked up the girls and he had let the mom know that he had pure intentions of taking them the police then realized that he had turned killer while on bail. So they only know at this point about two people. Mm-hmm. On October 23rd, 1972, so that was September 27th that he had picked up these two girls. On October 23rd, 1972, a 14-year-old named Mary Alice and a 14... We're backtracking? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yes, we are backtracking now. It's a timeline travesty. I'm just because okay. now he's caught. Yes, because now he's so caught. now that now they're filling in. Yeah, yeah. Now they're now they're okay. going okay. now they're gotcha. seeing all these different things. So, two 14 year olds, Mary Alice and Elsie, were last seen alive. So this is October 23rd, 1972. The next day, Elsie's family had reported her missing, but one week later, Mary Alice's family had reported her missing under the assumption that she was just a runaway. On January 11th, 1973, two girls by the name of Barbara and Colette go missing while hitchhiking from Iowa to Florida. On September 17th, 1973, construction workers end up finding skeletal remains of Elsie, and that was confirmed by dental records. On February 15th, 1973, Mary Alice, yeah, 
I know. Trust me. <laughs> Mary Alice skeletal remains were found 200 yards away from Elsie's, and they were also identified by dental records. What I'm learning from this is bitches go to the dentist. <laughs> what? On, on September 27, 1973, Schaefer ends up standing trial for the murders and is found guilty and ends up getting two consecutive life terms. The police come to the conclusion that this is not his first rodeo and they need to look into him just a little bit further. Because at this point, they talk to the wife, got the purse. They're like, the 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 way that all of this is done, there's no way that he was just, his first he just, killing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That was, there was no way that was his first killing. It's too flushed out. He's got yes. his M.O. down. Mm-hmm. Yes. So on April, so in April 1973, the police end up getting a warrant for his mother's home because they realized he had taken that Trophies. extension. Well, he had taken the extension for his bail to, to move, move his wife, yeah, to the mom's house. They end up finding handwritten stories that are 300 pages worth Holy of shit. sexual violence. What? So depicting all of these different stories. Stories Police, or the way that he was killing these women? That's these are stories. These are stories. So this is some sort of erotica that he's made up in his mind that yes, he's writing down that he's writing about down. these women that he's killed. We don't know that. We're assuming right now. You allegedly. We're assuming okay. right now. <laughs> How many stories are there? It doesn't say, but it is 300 pages worth. Depending on how descriptive you are. Okay. I'm there are also handwritten drawings. Okay. Yo. Okay. Okay. The police also find jewelry that does not belong to Schaefer's wife or his mom. They find a brooch, a locket, earrings. They do actually find driver's license, handwritten poems that were not written by the three of them, and a diary. The items end up linking him to seven women that have gone missing over the past four years. When word gets out, police in neighboring counties start asking if they had items related to their missing women. So they would give information saying, look, this is how they identify her. This is something that she had on her, blah, 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 blah. And Schaefer ends up being linked to another 25 more missing people. Okay, let me just slow clap for these counties because fucking people on the West Coast didn't do that bullshit with Ted Bundy. They were like, nah, this is my case. This is my county. Fuck you guys. You should have done what Florida did. Only time I'm praising Florida. <laughs> 32 murders in total. I was going to say, especially in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the same. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 1973, Schaefer is publicly accused of Peggy and Wendy's murders, but no charges were filed at the time. On November 17th, 1973, Teresa makes the only visit to jail, and it is to serve him with his their divorce papers. Boom, bitch! Good. On November 30th, it is said that Teresa end up ends up marrying Gerard's lawyer. Oh! So, somewhere in there, they had started dating, and it's actually said 
the his lawyer eventually comes out and says that Gerard had told them that they should date. It was better for Teresa. Also, wouldn't he not be allowed to be her uh, Gerard's lawyer because he's dating his ex-wife and it's a conflict of interest? We'll get into that later. Okay. January 1977, the remains of Barbara and Colette are found in Port St. Lucie. There's no cause of death and no charges were filed for those two. In 1978, Lee's skull is found with bullet holes in it. Oh, holy it shit, that's different. It ends up being connected to Schaefer. It ends up being connected to Schaefer because in the previous search of his mother's home, Bullets. her locket had turned up. <gasps> it is... And the only reason they know it's her locket, not only from the design, but because she spells her name L-E-I-G-H. And that was inscribed on the locket. Yo! Now I gotta write Lee differently. I was calling Lee <laughs> L-E-E in my head this entire time. Me too! I know, that's why I didn't say anything! <laughs> Damn. I thought I was going to have her initials on it. During all of this time, Schaefer decides that he is going to become an in-jail lawyer. Oh, for shit's sake. Who called it? Ted Bundy, Ted everybody. Bundy. <laughs> um, he ends up talking with other inmates about their convictions and when he would finally get them loosened up enough and they would confess to them the crimes that they did, he would turn around and tell officials what the men had did. They would <laughs> go back to trial and he actually had one man put on death row. <gasps> What a shit sack. Oh, well, I mean, okay, God. as long as... But he hasn't gotten any sentence reductions for that. No. No. Okay. Okay. No, I'm just making sure yeah, that it wasn't yeah. like a... like a. Never mind. Eventually, he ends up being moved really and everything good. like that. He is in Florida. So he does end up meeting Bundy and Tool. Fuck! So he Otis up, Tool! Yeah. He ends up meeting that guy and talks to him about the kid's case, which we will get into in a minute, but also talks to Bundy about his cases and the women that he dealt with. And he, it is in one of his interviews that he's sitting there talking about these men, and he was like, yeah, no, I talked to them. I was on death row with them. That's wild. Yeah. What the fuck? I fucking told you, Ted. Fucking Bundy. Yep. 1979, he claims to be married to a Filipino picture bride, which I'm guessing is like a male order bride. Yes. Oh, no. mm-hmm. And she moves into his dad's house. Where the fuck his dad came Where from? Where did he I come from? What? I know. He's just like missing <laughs> the last whole I heard time. that was the divorce. Yes. I was going to say, I thought he was dead. Just like in the. I was like, okay. Right? He's I don't dead know, somewhere. But apparently he was there. He he was housing the Filipino bride. And after she receives her green card, she ends up leaving. I was going to say, she married his dad. Boom. <laughs> oh. Nah, she's just gone. Um, 1983, Gerard then decides to file charges against his lawyer for malpractice. Oh, for okay. shit's sake. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's what I was expecting was that yeah. afterwards he'd be like, um, No. But what mm. is what is that thing? Not contempt. Fuck. Not perjury. Whatever. I'll think of it later. Oh, my God. February 1989, a lady by the name of Sandra London decides to reach out to Schaefer. She wants to collaborate with him in making a book, and he agrees. Thank you. you already wrote a whole book. 
Exactly. And she had heard about it and decided that she wanted to collab with him. Oh, no. I don't want to collab with that. Sandra London is none other than Sandy Stewart, (gasps) his ex-girlfriend from high school. Oh. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, wait. She's got a pen name. Yes. What? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. And the soul. Okay, book book. Can I read this book book? Actually, yes. It is you have the book, book It is being published. I may have bought the book book. I don't know. It is on my ebooks. <laughs> so there's that. I have not actually gone through it yet because it's kind of weird. Oh, this no. is the one that he met at the dance. This is not yes. his yes. first yeah. girl. Okay. Yeah. That he got super yeah. close to the family. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it always feels icky. Like uh, the Netflix, uh, like confession tapes of Ted Bundy. I oh, like my listening God. to it she from because their I, point of view. At, I. It just. <sighs> she hates me because I didn't. It wasn't like it. I found it fascinating, but when I uh, watched, God, what's the one up north? John Wayne Gacy. I hated him. Um, I hated him. He was, but I didn't feel the same way. When never, and that's because Ted Bundy is more charismatic than yeah. John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy literally is a, like he, when you look, well, not even that, like you just look at him and he looks like a fucking creeper. Like Ted Bundy, like douche, honestly, <laughs> Ted Bundy had like the very like, beach boy preppy like look going on so and he was more manipulative in that way so that's you know it was also tapes too like you didn't even really see him it was mostly like the investigators and stuff that you would see i think (laughs) look at leslie over there she's just like scratching her head like i don't know what the fuck i don't watch this shit yeah, I this know. is why I got you guys <laughs> to tell me these things so then don't I don't fucking get in the car just because man's got a nice swoop in his hair, okay? And don't a crutch. Get in the car. It's too late. Don't, don't help, help anyone don't push help shit anybody. in their car. I don't give a fuck nope. what they look like or what gender oh they are. Oh my god, there's a new movie out. I want to watch it. It's called The Black Phone. <gasps> yes. Oh, with the kids? Yes. Okay. Okay, anyway. Was that the end of that? No. Okay, I didn't think so. That's why I was like, let's go. Okay, so. Sandy's past my bedtime. Because he realizes that he knows her, he agrees to do this and agrees to collaborate on a book, in a book. They start doing uh, letters back and forth to each other, and in letters to Sandra, he writes in graphic detail about rape, torture, and murder. The police believes that he is doing recounts of the murders, but he is very careful on how he mm. writes them, so mm-hmm. that way they cannot say that it truly is, and he can yeah. always say that it is just stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like TV, when they do that moonshine shows, and they're just like, no, this is not real. We're saying it's a do- like real, but yeah. it's not. So the book Bullshit. eventually is published, okay? And in these letters to Sandra, he eventually ends up slipping up. (gasps) He writes, and quote in one of his letters, what crimes am I supposed to confess? Farmer? Briscolina? What do you think murder demons is? You want confessions, but you don't recognize them when I anoint you with them, and we've just gotten started. Oh, no! Hmm. The book... Is called Killer Fiction. 
And Sandra actually takes pictures that were taken during the search of his home and uses them in the book. So then April 1989, he confesses in letters to Sandra that Peggy and Wendy, which were the little girls, happened around the time when he had an interest in Albert Fish. Oh, actually oh that about piece him. of shit. Let me tell you. Okay. I'm Here. not happy. I'm not happy, but the way that this kind of is coming full circle was crazy to me when I was researching it. I was like, <gasps> again, I know, another one? I know him. Another I one? I know him. <laughs> I know him. It just solidifies my like whole thinking of like how every. <laughs> yeah. So he did apparently research into serial killers and stuff like that. And so. He said that he did not molest the girls, but he found them satisfactory with sautéed onions and peppers. What the f- Oh! Oh! Um, My stomach just got real upset. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) I, this is, I can't, okay. Just saying, this was, again, he was researching Albert Fish. He's a bad man. And, yeah. (laughs) And letters to Sandra, apparently she had said things that had ended up up triggering him where she was she said something along the lines of you're a piece of shit no like oh well that doesn't seem like a lot because this person had this many like trying to get him oh to like confess. egg him on yes because they couldn't mm. get him for the other murders they could they only got him for two and they got him for the two you the never molestation amount charges. to be any like any of these other guys that, no she said something like that and so he was so then he ends up saying in letters to Sandra that he claims 80 to 110. But didn't like Tool and his friend do that too? And then they were all like, oh no, never mind. Yeah, Please. so yes. no, the the other guy wanted to like do all those things right, con- right, right. so he could be bigger than him and all that. Yeah, yes, which he ends up talking to. So Gerard meets Tool. And he talks to them about the Walsh case. And when he talks to him about the Walsh case, he gets information and actually tries, I believe, to, like, blackmail the family and saying, like, I know where the body is, so you better pay me this amount of money and I'll tell you where the body is. But they, like, dismissed him. They didn't give him any information. So after, like, so many attempts, I think he just kind of quit. But he would get information from these people and try and turn around and use it to his own benefit. So either he could get money or whatever. But Adam Adam was a little boy, right? Yes. Adam Walsh. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, I know where his body is. And he said that, like, Tool told you, him and stuff like that. You think he really knew? Don't know. Yo, this made me so fucking mad. <laughs> yes. But then Sandra ends up realizing that the letters were letters of admission, especially the last one that she had received. And she ends up turning the letters over to authorities. They scour over everything, realize that what the information that they have. And on December 1st, 1995, detectives decide to set up a meeting with Schaefer to confront him with the new evidence. Three days later, the day of the meeting, the detectives receive a call from the jail telling them to not bother coming down. They are told that Schaefer had been stabbed to death by a cellmate for being a snitch the day prior. Oh, shit. No way. 
Schaefer was stabbed 18 times Ooh. in each eye and cut Ooh. at the mouth from ear to ear. Ooh. Oh my God, and he's You know what? He was a Caesar joker. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Throughout all of this, though, Gerard had cl- had claimed, so while he was in jail and everything, Gerard had claimed that he was framed because he didn't want to play ball with drug lords. And he filed 19 Excuse different... Me? Yeah. I don't know. And apparently there was something what? going. I was just like, this just came out of nowhere. Like- yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's what and that's what happened. Like that when when he filed the he filed 19 different appeals, and that was his thing the whole time because it was like the malpractice from his lawyer, and then the saying that he was framed because of this, and they ended up finding out that somebody else I can't I believe it was like a secretary at the police department that he was at had gotten caught up like she was also arrested for drug charges or something like that but it didn't like coincide with what he was saying like she had done something but it wasn't what he was saying was being done or whatever so they didn't allow him to for those appeals or whatever so yeah 1995 he he got stabbed to death so he did Mm, good (laughs) so that is my story about gerard hanks that was a doozy i know i told you it was a lot it was a lot of weird stuff but that's why i said i'm just gonna throw random information out there because it all comes back eventually somehow some way did i i didn't write half that shit down after 1972 i stopped writing (laughs) (laughs) the second 1972 (laughs) exactly yeah it was it was yes i saw the lawyer thing coming back yeah but because that would make sense of like of course i would want my current girlfriend's ex-husband to stay behind bars so i'm gonna mess up this case to make sure he gets i can't like i'm literally on a judicial like court dictionary because i can't think of the word and i can't even think of how to like describe the word what, what should I put? When your lawyer fucks up in court, what is that term? Lawyer loses on purpose. Malpractice. Mm-mm. No. Professional negligence. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean. Just like throwing a case? I don't. Yes. I don't know. I can't even. Misrepresentation. Negligence. <laughs> yeah. Contempt of court? I said that, but I don't... I don't know. I'll probably scream it in my sleep tonight. I'll ask Jonathan to keep an ear out. Just go go ask your Reddit people. Oh. So, I, I googled his book, the killer fiction book, mm-hmm. and I was, like, reading the, the ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, apparently a paperback issue is $4,900 and the Kindle version is $10, but whatever. Yeah. I can just print it out myself. Yeah. There isn't actually a PDF you can find online. So there is a five-star review from 2019 that says, A beautiful story about a guy and his woman, a great date night book to read to each other. I'm sorry, what? Ten, ten people found this helpful. I know he was probably just being an asshole or he probably is a piece of shit. So it's just like, what the fuck? 
And then one says, five stars. Thank you, Mr. Schaefer, for explaining what happens when you strangle a woman. I adopted your description and ended up in the guidance office. Oh, my God. Oh, this one is just like kind of normal. It was it's five stars and it says warning hazardous to the spirit. It says I am giving it five stars because it is important. And Sandra, Sandra London deserves credit for doing the unhappy work of getting this published. Her introduction itself makes it worthwhile. However, it is a vile book and I could not finish it. It is well written. The stories are entertaining in an ugly way. You will be ashamed to laugh at his mean spirited humor and it does give you some insight into the mind of someone who does these sort of crimes. But after a while, it just starts to stick to you like a foul odor. Colin Wil- Colin Wilson described Schaefer as uh, having a holotosis, having holotosis of the soul. And that is about as apt a description as any. You can smell it in these stories. He was a ghoul and his writings vibrate on a level so low it would only be described as demonic. Ugh. I told you I can't read it. I believe that there's also pieces from the chief itself in there. Like she incorporated pieces from him. I'm not, I can't remember. Okay, so today's missing person is an actual Amber Alert. Well, obviously. Our missing person is Andrew, and I'm going to spell the last name, C-A-B-A-L-L-E-I-R-O, missing since January 28th, 2020. Uh, The age missing was one week old, and the age now is two years. It is a male. Uh, They do not know the hair color. The eyes were black. 20 inches at the time. Weight, seven pounds. White Hispanic from Miami, Florida. And the abductor is said to be Ernesto with the same last name, C-A-B-A-L-L-E-I-R-O, Age missing, 49 years old. The age now is 51. Uh, a male with black hair, brown eyes, 5'7", and weighs about 275 pounds, which is also white Hispanic from Miami, Florida. Andrew was last seen in the area of 21,900 block of Southwest 187th Avenue in Miami, Florida. The abductor Ernesto has been found deceased. The child is still missing. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's not good. Yeah. Any information, you can call 1-888-FL-MISSING, which is also 1-888-356-4774, or the Miami Police Department at 305-471-2400, or if you're in the area, 911. Or you can reach out to them on the internet, at fdle.state.fl.us. Thanks, I hate it. You're welcome. This isn't about you, this is about me. I'm just saying. I found it very interesting. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. Yeah, you still hated it. No. Okay. Machete. That was like three minutes into the goddamn episode. <laughs> Bloody hell's gonna shoot you. I, I kind of forgot she was here for like those last 45 seconds. <laughs> like I was just like staring at you and my eye was twitching. Why are you guys packing up? You gotta say goodbye to everyone. I ain't gonna say um, nothing. Goodbye, I everyone. <sighs> Uh, Rate, review. Hit us up on our socials. Rate, review, like, subscribe, subscribe, 
at ECC the podcast and eastcoastcreepin.com. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Discord. Also, Patreon. send us like catchphrases, whatever, like things that we each say a lot. I don't know. Just don't I'm going to be making Comment stickers and sweatshirts. Who knows? I'm going to beat up somebody. Go away. Yo, I don't even know anymore. I want to start. <sighs> Lord help us all. <laughs> Hoodies. I want to hug. Yeah. Because you know what time it is? Fall. It's my Fall. birthday Fall. and I cry if I want to. <laughs> Girl, it ain't not September yet. yet. Chill out. <laughs> Uh, Your um, birthday is not here yet. It's getting there. I can feel it in the air. Yo, you better buckle on down because come Monday after it rains, it's going to get hot again. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Anyway, have a good week, everybody. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC The Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!